You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, everybody. I am your host, Kate Madjuke, and you can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. Be sure to give my co-host, Marcus Mosher, a follow as well at Marcus underscore Mosher the best co-host around. Give the show a follow at Locked on Dynasty. Hit the subscribe button. Leave those five-star reviews wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today, we have a little bit of a, a interesting show coming off the cuff of some breaking news this mm-hmm. morning, Marcus. Todd Gurley, he's, he's really trying to claw his way back into the NFL, back into relevance we got to talk about some of these ancillary players who used to be former studs. Mm-hmm. These guys that we're going to be talking about today, they were centerpieces of our fantasy teams. And you probably drafted all of these guys in uh, maybe the first, second, third round of your dynasty drafts at some point. If, well, you're, if your leagues say, went well, also, back far enough. Yeah, also, okay, I think at one point, all three of these guys were ranked at number one at the position for a pretty lengthy amount of time. Absolutely. And so we have some questions about these guys. Can they make a resurgence into relevance? It, it remains to be seen. So we're going to talk about that. First, I want to talk very briefly. We did hear some news that Deshaun Watson wants to go to Denver. Now, we haven't really talked a lot about Deshaun Watson because it seems like no matter what we talk about in terms of Deshaun Watson, we just don't have any real information. What is your thought about this report coming out? I mean, the Texans have been pretty headstrong that they have no interest in trading Deshaun Watson. But I do kind of see, you know, even all of these questions aside, you know, we're not getting into the morality of this situation, the legal bits of the situation, but with Denver's quarterback struggles over the years, you can kind of see why they'd want to maybe swing for the fences and they might actually be interested. What are your thoughts? It feels like to me, Kate, that Watson, is, it sounds weird, is now the backup plan in case the Broncos strike out on Aaron Rodgers, right? Because I think the Broncos know if they get Rodgers right now, they're competing. But if they get Deshaun Watson, it's still up in the air about can he even play at all during the 2021 season. So I don't doubt that Watson wants to go to Denver. It would be a great situation for him. I don't even doubt that the Broncos would have interest. I just I don't think it's likely at all. It just seems so unlikely that he gets moved until all of this other stuff uh, gets figured out. They're, I mean, if if they are able to get a deal done, if they can't get the Texans to budge on a trade, this is where you're going to, quote unquote, buy him low. And yes. it, you're going to get a huge value. I mean, in terms of just his value in Dynasty Leagues right now, he has plummeted, plummeted mm-hmm. to the, the low, low, low depths of the earth going to May's ADP for Dynasty League football. He's the quarterback 12, and in any other situation, he's probably quarterback three, quarterback four. And, I mean, this is, you know, one of those questions. 
what kind of move do you make for your dynasty team? Are you in a rebuild mode? Like there are so many different ways to approach this situation, but I will say if Deshaun Watson were to go to Denver, I mean that that's got to do something with his value, right? Like, Oh yeah. We can't totally ignore the, the value at that point. We might need to make uh, some moves for our dynasty teams. Uh If he goes to Denver, it means the Broncos have a pretty good feeling that things are eventually going to work out. I'm not saying by week one or even at all during the 2021 season, but that he will eventually be allowed to play. So, yeah, if if we do see Deshaun Watson traded, I think it's fair to move him back up inside the top five or six dynasty quarterbacks. Yeah, and remember, you know, you're you're looking at your dynasty roster let's say three years out, right? So even if you are out of contention for the 2021 season, maybe that that's, you know, your, your calling to go and buy Deshaun Watson because you don't care if he plays this season. Does he ever play again? Who knows? But enough about Deshaun Watson. I just thought we had to talk about it because uh, it, it would be very fantasy relevant. He would be a fantastic fit on that team. I would love to actually see all of those all of those pieces of that offense in, in sync. I think that would be so fun. Just, but, just really quickly, who benefits the most on the Broncos from Watson getting there? My vote would be Cortland Sutton. See, that I would agree with you. I would agree with you. I, I think he would benefit most from uh, just Watson's arm in general. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I mean, I think that the run game would be pretty interesting, too, to have a really mobile quarterback like that. I would honestly, Melvin Gordon would take a bump up in at least my redraft rankings, maybe your your best ball rankings. He might sure. take a, a jump up because... I do think they'll have more scoring opportunities. And at least in year one, I'm going to make the vote that Melvin Gordon would be the the goal line scoring opportunity guy. Yeah, I I, I would agree. I would agree. Let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll get into some of these former studs and talk about, is there anywhere we can send them that will once again bring them fantasy relevance? We will be right back. Just wanted to tell you guys about rockauto.com. It's a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Welcome back into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. We're talking about some old souls today. Marcus, <laughs> we've all but buried these guys that we're going to talk about, but they were once the the centerpieces of our dynasty roster. So I want to talk first about Todd Gurley because he is the one in the news today. We've heard him making the rounds. 
Mm -hmm. He's been visiting numerous teams throughout the league. He's looking for a home. (laughs) And it's probably not on your dynasty roster. But Marcus, is there anywhere, uh, for example, the latest news has been that he's visiting the Ravens. Is there any offense where we can send Todd Gurley to once again make him fantasy relevant? Atlanta. I mean, he—that's he, probably the best spot, right, for where he was at last year. He was the RB twenty-six. Uh, he did play fifteen games, and while that's not great, and it's not something that you're really excited about, he was useful from time to time. But they—they they signed Mike Davis. It seems like they're going in a different direction. So. This one, I, I, I'm not sure, Kate, because there's just not a lot of situations out there where I think he could become a guy that gets, let's say, 200 touches. Like, the, the Dolphins maybe make some sense. Maybe the Bills, if they want a, a, another burning back to add to their stable. But, yeah, I mean, that's I think it's pretty slim pickings for Todd Gurley. I mean, let's look back at his 2020 season. So every single year... Uh, We've seen a dip in Todd Gurley's overall production, overall efficiency. I mean, for a receiving back to take the plunge in yards per touch the way that he has, it's, I mean, that's that's how you know you're really falling. Because usually you should see, uh, you know, your your reception total and your reception yardage really help you elevate that yards per touch. But it's, it's just been plummeting every single year. But last season... Uh, leading up weeks one through 11, we did see Todd Gurley decently involved. And you know mm-hmm. what? The interesting part is that he was scoring a lot of touchdowns. He was. So he was he was a running back one in that span. It's It feels like it was about 17 years ago. <laughs> but, I mean, for the majority of your fantasy football season, at least in the regular season, he was a running back one, and you would probably be pretty happy to have him on your roster. You'd be sweating your butt off the entire game, but he did have some upside. So while we're looking at efficiency, I mean, absolutely just god-awful. I mean, going down down the stretch, right? Uh, 2.9 yards per attempt, 3.56, 2.35, 2.74, 2.56. That's his weekly yards per rushing attempt. Yep, yep. Not good. Well, so, Kate, here's what I'm thinking. We kind of when looking at Todd Gurley is I think he's in a stage in his career now where he can't be the clear-cut starter. He just can't. So he needs to be on a team – that either has a really established starter and he can be the clear-cut number two because I don't think he can be less than that because the third and fourth running backs all of these teams play special teams, right? And that's just not what Todd Gurley is going to do. So you have to find, <laughs> it's very specific, but you got to find the worst number two running backs in the league. And how about like Tennessee, right? Like they have Darrington Evans. Does Darrington Evans do anything for you? Uh, what about Seattle? I mean, after... After Chris Carson, it's Rashad Penny, Travis Homer, DJ Dallas. Are those two spots that Gurley could go to and maybe lock up that number two job? I actually think the Titans is a little bit interesting. There's definitely room for him to be involved as a receiver there still, even with the addition of Julio Jones. But, I mean, Darrington Evans, I'm not – not threatened at all obviously we don't we're not looking at him as somebody that is going to eat into uh the carry load for derrick henry i don't think 
Todd Gurley would either. I, I don't think that Todd Gurley is either a threat or an asset. I'm not buying it regardless of whether he signs. I, is there any single offense where you think he would be a threat to uh, production for any of our actual starters? Yeah, I mean, Baltimore is one that has me a little bit nervous because, you know, they do like to rotate their backs. And I could see I could see him in Baltimore getting not a ton of touches, but four to five touches a game. And with Gus Edwards resigning and him getting probably, what do we think, Kate, eight to ten touches a game. I think yeah, that I was does, say I, ten. Yeah, I think that does hurt J.K. Dobbins a little bit. It's not that Todd Gurley is so good that he's going to take Dobbins off the field. To me, it more signals that maybe Baltimore just isn't buying into this idea that they want to give any single running back 20 touches a game. Maybe they just want to keep all these guys fresh. I do think that's the one spot that would have me a little bit nervous. And I could also see that happening, Kate, because, listen, Todd Gurley is really good in the passing game. He's a really good pass blocker. And if the Ravens are serious about upgrading their passing game, maybe putting Gurley on the field on third downs wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, it, again, it's not so much that he's really a threat, but touches are touches. And when you're looking at a system that does give the quarterback so many of those rushing attempts, it's really it, it's hard to take any of those rushing attempts per game away from these guys that – you know, already don't have a huge, huge volume uh, in consistency. Let's take another quick break. And then I want to talk about two more guys who, again, not sure they're threats, but are they worth a glance just in case they might be? We'll be right back. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is coconut versus birthday cake. Go to BuiltBar.com or go to at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Welcome back into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. We have two more guys, two more old timers, two more vets that we need to talk about today. And I'm going to start off with the the one that I think is a little less relevant. All right. Yeah. And I, I want to work our way into the the more interesting conversation. Le'Veon Bell, he is not currently signed, played with the Kansas City Chiefs last season. It was a one-year deal. Is there any place that Le'Veon Bell signs that he has relevance? I think there's one place, Kate, one place, and there's absolutely no chance that he signs there. I think it's the Jets. Let's hear it. I think it's the Jets, right? Because you look at that depth chart, it's Michael Pirine, it's Michael Carter, it's Tevin Coleman who can't stay healthy. I think if you went Le'Veon Bell and Michael Carter as your one-two, you know, kind of a combination into the season, you keep Le'Veon Bell on the field as a pass protector, which he's very good at, to help keep Zach Wilson upright behind a shaky offensive line. I, I do think he makes a lot of sense there, but uh, with everything that happened before with the Jets, I just don't think that's unlikely. But I could be wrong because Adam Gase is gone, and it sounds like that Le'Veon Bell hated Adam Gase. Uh, I, I do think that's the one spot that would make some sense. 
I mean, I I don't think that that would be totally outrageous. I mean, you're you're definitely looking at a complete overhaul of the Jets as an organization, and I do think that that was the big problem there. Is there any situation? I mean, obviously, Michael Carter. We've heard really great things about his potential. We've liked him. Uh, he's a little bit on the smaller side, but. Do you think that Le'Veon Bell, you know, he's a very patient runner. Mm -hmm. We've known this about him. Is there any chance for fantasy production behind an offensive line that, yes, have they made some strides in the right direction? Yes. Uh, But he's – I'm not sure that he's going to have enough of – that time to make those plays, make those cuts, find those holes. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know that we're ever going to see him be fantasy relevant. He had not a single performance last season where he was a running back two or better. Yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. I mean, again, I I don't think he's going to be anybody anymore that scares teams on the ground, right? He just doesn't have the long speed. If he goes to a team like the Jets, the offensive line is really bad. However, he is still a really talented receiver. And I do want to tell people, in 2019, he caught 66 passes for the Jets, right? And I know the efficiency was awful in the run game, averaged 3.2 yards a carry. But if you're catching 66 passes for almost 500 yards, you're going to have value in PPR leagues. It might be low-end RB2 numbers, but I do think I do think in the right situation – he could be usable for fantasy. Well, I mean, to your point, in the 2019 season, he had six RB1 performances, which is just crazy because mm-hmm. it wasn't a good offense. It, but you're right. He catches a lot of balls. So maybe if that opportunity does increase, obviously Kansas City, there's just so many weapons there. He's not going to get yeah. the touches Maybe if he saw some volume, I would actually kind of like to see him go back to the Jets. I wasn't expecting that answer from you, but I kind (laughs) of like it. Well, Um, I think it just makes sense. They have so many young running backs there. And listen, I like Michael Carter. He is awful as a pass protector. Absolutely awful. You cannot have him on the field out there to protect Zach Liability. Yeah. And Tevin Coleman, Kate, um, not durable at all. And I just don't know if you can trust him. So the rest of the running backs on that roster are just so underwhelming. I do think Le'Veon could at least give them something as a pass protector. And if he's on the field, you're going to throw to him because he's going to get open when he runs routes. So I, I just think that's the most – it makes the most sense, but it probably will never happen. All right. Last but not least, I want to talk about the guy I think in this group has the most potential to maybe have some surprising moments in the 2021 season. We have left this man for dead, Zach Ertz. We have buried him. He is dead and gone. <laughs> I think there I think there could be a potential there. I mean, we talk about how volatile the position is all the time. All the time. He had one bad season in a really, really god-awful offense. Mm-hmm. Saw a very low target share compared to what he is used to. I'm not totally discounting Zach Ertz. Obviously, he's older. You're not going to pay much for him. But the the good news is you don't need to because nobody's asking for much for Zach Ertz. I think most people just want to cash in whatever they can. I mean, he's he's being drafted behind uh, Anthony Ferkser. Like, and <laughs> that's that's really that's yeah. absolutely shocking to me. But 
I do think he could have some miles left in the tank. He's only one season away, uh, one season removed from his last Pro Bowl appearance. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's not. He's, I don't. I don't know. I maybe I'm I'm just a lunatic here. But we saw a career low in catch percentage there for Zach Ertz. We just. It was a very. It was a very weird year. The only year he's ever had fewer than ten yards per touch. Only 4.7 yards per target. Like, it was a very poor year for efficiency. But, I mean, we can say that about the whole offense. So, is there any place where you could see him maybe having some fantasy value? It's not hard to be a fantasy-relevant tight end. I actually have four different spots. and I'll, I'll run through them very quickly. Um, Arizona, because I just – I'm not a Max Williams guy. And I think – I think in that offense is anybody be, a Max Williams yeah, guy? I don't no, know. No, Max Williams not. isn't even a Max Williams guy. No. <laughs> uh, so I think that one makes sense, especially if he's going to be playing like as this big slot, uh, detached from a line of scrimmage. I think that one makes a lot of sense. I also think Jacksonville makes some sense as well because you look at that tight end room, Kate. Um, do you know who the number one? What tight about end? the? What about the tight end one, uh, Tim Tebow? Yeah, yeah, what are we? What are we? How? What are we gonna do? No, nah, it's, it's not. <laughs> uh, do you know who the the tight end one currently is in Jacksonville? Ooh, um, I would say Josh Oliver, but I actually believe he was cut. Was he? He cut? was cut. It's Chris Manhurts. Who? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I do think that would be a really good like. Even if it's just for like a one-year rental for Jacksonville, just to help Trevor Lawrence get somebody that knows how to work in zone coverage and all that kind of stuff, I do think that would make a lot of sense. He could help uh, mentor Luke Farrell and you know Tyler Davis, some of these other young tight ends they have, Tim Tebow. Um, I, <laughs> how about the Jets? Listen, I, I am a Chris Herndon believer. I'm a truther. I'm not sure it's ever going to happen because it just never does happen. Like we get really excited every offseason and it never happens. Maybe with the new change in head coach and quarterback, that changes. And then I think Cincinnati is interesting. Like they have CJ Uzoma coming back from an injury. Okay. Drew Sample is a second round pick that really hasn't done anything. I think Zach Ertz fits that offense well. I could easily see him being the best tight end on that team pretty quickly. All right, I've got one, and I'm actually very surprised you didn't mention it because I think this is hands down the best fit, right, in the NFL. I want to send him to the Colts. Send him to go play with his good old pal. What what more could you want from that? You you reunite you reunite the uh, the coaching staff with the quarterback with the tight end that made it all happen in Philly. I think that would be a really interesting fit. You know that he and Carson Wentz, though it didn't show last season, they have a rapport and they they had this relationship that worked really well. I do think that there are enough targets to go around in that offense. And I mean, we've seen a a willingness to utilize the tight end position. Mm -hmm. They've been uh, right around the top 10 in terms of target percentage to the tight end. We just sort of saw that revolving door last season. We saw Mo Alley-Cox, Jack Doyle, mm-hmm. uh, Trey Burton. It, it was just a revolving door. If we had funneled all of those targets maybe to one higher quality tight end, which I do think Zach Ertz qualifies as that, I think you could have a really nice fit there. I mean, their their wide receiver room, it's not, it's not good. Uh, it's not good. They have T.Y. Hilton, who... 
I'm sorry. Uh, a, a little on the old side. Well, Michael this is Pittman, the Tex- Texans, right? That's the only time that T.Y. got washed. Yeah. He is reborn every time he plays <laughs> the Texans, which, I mean, good thing for him because he's he's playing in the AFC South. But yep. outside of that, T.Y. Hilton, I'm not buying. Michael Pittman, lots of potential there. We just don't know yet. He's still a question mark. Paris Campbell, also still a question mark. Mm-hmm. I think that Zach Ertz could immediately walk in, and if he joined that offense, could have a chance to be the leader in terms of target share. I, I genuinely believe that. All right, so here's why I'm not – I don't love that fit. I know that's where everybody's connecting him. Um, they do have Jack Doyle, who plays a ton of snaps. Mo Cox last year, Kate, had some, had some moments in some games where he looked just unstoppable. He looks like the biggest tight end I've ever seen in NFL history. He's like 275 pounds. I think they like Mo Cox. I think they want to continue to develop him. They also took a tight end in the fourth round, Kylan Granson uh, from SMU, who I guess Frank Wright personally picked out himself. Uh, he's certainly smaller, 6'1", 241, but... Man, he's got all of the athletic traits that you want from like this move tight end. He ran a 4.64 40-yard dash. Uh, it sounds like the coaching staff can't stop raving about him. So, I just have a hard time believing they're going to add another tight end to this offense. But it wouldn't shock me either. All right, guys, that is our show for today. Let us know where are you sending these guys, if anywhere, to bring them back to fantasy relevance. Is Zach Ertz the only one here with potential, or are you out on Zach Ertz too? Let us know at Locked On Dynasty. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter. My name is Kate. I am at FFBallBlast. And of course, follow Marcus too at Marcus underscore Mosier. We will see you guys next week.